There we go. Thank you for your patience. Just a couple of things to make note of. Oh, there they are. I'm looking for those young people that participated in the Bible Bowl yesterday in Gaylord. And they did a fabulous job. Did I mention that there was pizza there? I think I mentioned it in the email. A great time every time we go. And fun driving yesterday. 40 miles of whiteout. It was fabulous. And I, not only for me, but I know that other people drove in it as well. We left here and it was sunny, a little bit of snow. But uh, when we got there, by the time we got there, we were glad and proud of the kids that participated. And there will be more that are going to be participating. I also have next month's Bible Bowl readings and questions for them. They're sitting out on the shelf. We also have them in the classroom, so we'll be working on those. I am looking for Memphis. I don't know if I'm seeing him. Oh, there he is! I may, I may know him as Mr. Roboto now. He participated in the uh, robotics contest yesterday, and uh, glad to see him doing that. Also, I'm sure that because of the time change a couple weeks ago, if your cars are still blinking at, at an hour before, that Memphis, with his knowledge, would be more than happy to be able to, to help you with that. So I like to take an interest in the kids and the things that they do. And I have, a, I have it marked off in my calendar. I'm going to go to a volleyball game tomorrow night. It's a young McKenna play. So excited about that. Thrilled on it. Prep. Did you realize that Glen Lakes won the girls' basketball championship yesterday for Division 5, 4? Whatever they are, but glad of that. Glad of that. We have several students here that go to Glen Lakes. Just a moment, and I'll reveal what's underneath there. You may already know, if you have your graphic that is smaller scale that in your bulletin, I've gone with graphics rather than strict outlines to help us understand these a little bit better. Jeremiah is known to be the author of Lamentations. Lamentations, I could throw a lot of information at you. Lamentations, for the most part, was written in acrostics. 22 Hebrew letters in the first, second, fourth, and fifth chapters. There's 22 verses, and they correspond with a Hebrew letter. The middle chapter that we're in is 66 verses, which, if you know your math, that divided that by three, you have 22, also written in acrostic. And so out of the... 66 and 88, 154 verses. Who's good in math? Somewhere in there. Just about right in the middle of that, we find our patience begins by Jeremiah writing, How lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow has she become, she who was great among the nations, she who was a princess 
among the provinces has become a slave. Jeremiah writing lamentations after the fall of Jerusalem. The Babylonians have come in, they have sacked it, they have tore down the gates, they have burned everything, they have taken people captive. Jeremiah has had his problems. If you read the book of Jeremiah, the 52 chapters found there, you can read the woes of Jeremiah as, as he heaps the troubles one after another of Judah. And Judah, as we say in our modern language, made its own bed, and now it had to lie in it. But Jeremiah pleaded with them through the Lord to return to the Lord. And at one point as he takes this, his scribe takes the scroll in to the king, and the king sitting by the fire had such contempt for the word of the Lord that he just trimmed pieces off and kept feeding it into the fire. Nothing more that could be done. And Jeremiah sits and writes this poem about the fall of Jerusalem. And yet, here in the middle, this shining spot, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is our faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. How on earth could Jeremiah write these verses in the midst of such doom and destruction? We look at Jeremiah. I look at my own life. And wonder, as I look around the world today and look around at things that have happened in my life, not necessarily to me, but I look around at things that have happened in the world and wonder, where is the mercy of God? With so many children being slaughtered in schools, and wonder, you may wonder the same thing. And yet here, Jeremiah tells us, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. And those who were part of Judea, who had been taken captive, who were slaves, who mourned over the fall of Jerusalem, are wondering the same thing. Where is God in all of this? But Jeremiah assures them that God's mercy, His steadfast love and mercy, never ends. There are three things, time-wise, that, that I look at in these verses. When he writes that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, I think of it in a, in a linear aspect of from eternity to eternity. It has never ceased. From before time began, God was love, even though the world had not been created. And next, he says, his mercies never come to an end. So I think of it not in linear form, but in a form of which we think stops and starts. He says, it never stops. And the third part, I think of in 
when he says, they are new every morning. And I think of that in the circular part. Perhaps some of you know that over the last couple of years, I have taken time-lapse videos of sunrises. To sit in the morning and watch the light come up in the east is wondrous, but it happens so slowly. So I took to setting my camera up before the light began to shine most of the time and let it run for hours. Many times I'd have to send a text back to Janine as I would go off to work and say, would you mind taking the camera down, turning it off, because it had run for five or six hours. And all of that was condensed into 30 seconds, from the time it was dark till the time it was turned off. And you could see clouds streaming this way and that way, and jet streams, and the sun coming up, and sometimes obscured. Literally, hundreds of sunrises I we're sandwiched, as it were, between two significant timing events. A couple of weeks ago, we set our clocks to daylight savings time. Tomorrow, we are going to be in what is known as the vernal equinox. Equal day and night, light and dark. And the sun will rise directly in the east and set directly in the west which may not mean much to some, but if you're driving and heading into the east in the morning, you're going to be driving right into the sun, right in the middle of the road, if that's the time you go. And I wonder if we have considered the time element of what Jeremiah has written for us here in Lamentations. And more than that, I wonder if we have opened the present, as it were, of what Jeremiah is trying to tell us here. Trouble and sorrow. He is able to write, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. And in the midst of all of my trials and troubles, can I say the same thing? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. And for you in the midst of yours, have you unwrapped that gift that God has given us to know that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. We are never without His mercy. It never comes to an end. So as I unwrap this present for us this day to look at... By the way, I love this paper. You may think it's kind of plain, but I think... How did they hammer out all of this silver onto here? But to unwrap this gift that God has given to us. If you know me, you know I'm going to fold this later on. I can't see it go to waste. It is circular like a clock. Round and round. It never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Every morning that we get up, there is the Lord's steadfast love and His mercy.
in Malachi, the last letter that's written in the Old Testament. Malachi, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. They're the last book in the Old Testament. I don't change. Therefore, you're not consumed. If the Lord were to change, it would mean that His steadfast love did end. But it didn't. It was always there looking over His people. The equivalent in the New Testament is found in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Never changes. The love never dims for everyone sitting here and everyone sitting outside of here. For God so loved the world. It didn't say for God so loved just a few here and there that he chose, predestined as some people like to call it, but he loved everyone enough to send his son, never changing. Mary in her, as we begin to know her in Luke chapter 1, says, and his mercy is for those who hear, fear him from generation to generation. And not just from this generation in 2021 to the next generation, which will last to 2150, 2050, pardon me. Did I say 2010? Whatever, wherever we're at. Generation to generation means continuous. Every generation. Micah writes, who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He delights in steadfast love. Not picking and choosing and deciding, well, here I'm going to do it, there I'm not going to do it. But he delights in that steadfast love. They are new Every morning, the Lord doesn't sleep nor slumber, but is continuously watching over us. There is no darkness with Him because God is not only love, but God is light. For you and I who are within the constrictions of time, we need our sleep. And occasionally we need our naps. But we need that respite. Scientists still don't know the exact reasons why we have to sleep. We think we know, but they're not really sure. But God neither sleeps nor slumbers. Zephaniah says in Zephaniah 3.5, The Lord within her is righteous. He does no injustice. Every morning he shows forth his justice. Each dawn he does not fail. But the unjust knows no shame. Each dawn, though it is not dawn to him, it is dawn to us. When we wake up, sometimes we don't know where we're at. We don't know what we have dreamed about. We're in that twilight state. But not so with the Lord. For every morning, 
it appears as though something new is coming on. But remember, His mercy never comes to an end. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. For His anger is but for a moment, and His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning, the psalmist writes. We tend to think of terms that, things that start over in our day in the morning. Or we leave the day behind, we put our heads upon the pillow, we sleep and wake up and rise to a new day. And a new day awaits us. Like tearing that page off the calendar. Every morning it is new. As you get closer and closer to the center, the writing becomes smaller. Not because I couldn't fit it on there, but it is difficult for us to maintain that concentration that we have here in these big letters. Because as day turns into night, turns into day, turns into night, day after day, Sometimes we lose our focus. Let's Jeremiah writes, for faithfulness. Friends may come and go. They may disappoint us. We may become disappointed and disheartened at things that happened around us. But the Lord's faithfulness never wavers. He will always be there for us. Titus receives a letter from Paul, and Paul brings into focus eternity here. This one, too, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. Imagine keeping a promise from eternity to eternity. Some of us have a hard time because we say, Oh, I'll be there. I'll do this. I'll do that. Not knowing that things happen. But for the Lord, His faithfulness has never wavered. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For He who promised is faithful, the Hebrew writer tells us. He who promised is faithful. And as we have unwrapped that gift that God has given to us and hold it dear to us each day to realize what a true gift that it is that God has promised that He will never leave us. No matter what we see happening outside these doors, outside my doors, outside your doors, God will never walk away from you. He will be there. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot, the psalmist writes, David in Psalm 16.5. Talks about that portion. And in the sense of what it's written here, the Hebrew word means it's our inheritance. The Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in Him. 
Nothing of what we have here is our inheritance. We may like to think of it in that way, but this will all perish. But the Lord is our inheritance. It's what we hope for. That hope that we hold within us. Peter writes in 1 Peter 1.21, Who threw him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. My portion, my hope and inheritance is in the Lord. As we come all the way to the center, and in your graphic it's so small perhaps you cannot read it, but there at the center of the focus is me and you. The center of God's focus. For he loved us so much that he gave his only son. His love, his mercy, my portion is Lord. I am the focus of God's love. Paul writes again to Titus, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared. He's talking of Christ, of course. Goodness and loving kindness. That's the Greek term for steadfast love. Paul writes to the Galatians, But when the fullness of time had come, Some of your versions may say, at just the right time. All of this had been predetermined, the very time, the very moment when Christ would come. God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. My inheritance, your inheritance, the gift that God has given us, perhaps still lies wrapped and the bow and wrapping unbroken for some. But should we take the time to take that wrapping off and truly consider all that God has done, and especially in light of what Jeremiah writes, in the hopelessness of time of which he lives in, yet right in the center of his Poem Lamentations gives us this glimmer of hope that he had. In spite of everything that had gone wrong, everything that had happened, the destruction and doom that was surrounding him, he is able to see this glimmer of waiting to catch fire. And I wonder that's burning. This tells you, no matter what you are enduring this day, that it is ready to burn into a flame in your life. Letting you know that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. What a thing to wake up each and every day to realize that His promises are waiting for me as I sleep and slumber during the night. Waiting, waiting for me not only to unwrap it today, but tomorrow and the next day 
and the next day. You get the idea. And so, as I close, and the lesson is yours, and we consider, have we unwrapped that gift and taken its full potential in our life to realize the mercy that God has given us? And especially that mercy that was extended to us in salvation through His Son. Through faith, repentance, confession. And as our new brother and sister experienced this week, to being baptized into Christ. In the watery grave of baptism to rise to newness of life. To take hold, to lay hold, to grab with both hands that promise that God has given as many as who will lay hold of it in faith. So as we conclude, and the lesson is yours, we extend that invitation. We extend it because God has extended it to everyone on this planet. And all who shall be born till the end of time is extended to them to lay hold of that promise. Whatever your need is, wherever you're at in your life, if you need help, don't wait. Make it known while together we stand and sing.